Good morning. It's February 7th. It's another bright morning in New York City, and this is your Indignity Morning Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, taking a look at the day and the news. Yesterday was a huge day for politics news, in which the least important but funniest development was that Nikki Haley, running unopposed in Nevada's zero-delegate primary, before Donald Trump runs unopposed in Nevada's actual delegate-granting caucuses, lost by a huge margin to the ballot option labeled none of these candidates. In news that might actually have some bearing on who becomes president, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit, after a few weeks of mystifying delays, ruled that Donald Trump did not enjoy presidential immunity for the crimes that he may have committed while in office. The judges took so long to make the decision that the trial date for the first of Trump's federal trials got bumped last week from its original starting point of March 4th, but the Times reports that the judges have now returned Trump to the fast track, giving him a limited window of time in which to make his appeals. The Times gives the story a two-column spot in the lead position on the front page, and in a further indication of just how big and serious the news is, the paper quotes Trump spokesperson Stephen Chung, the most reliable source of frothing pro-Trump rage and bluster, short of Trump himself, as having said that Trump respectfully disagrees with the decision. When Stephen Chung is cowed into talking like a normal human being, you know you're in trouble. Also last night, the House of Representatives, under Speaker Mike Johnson, pressed forward with its impeachment attempt against Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, only to discover that in addition to not having come up with any intelligible charges against Mayorkas, Johnson had failed to round up the necessary number of votes. Three Republicans refused to go along, and the impeachment went down in defeat for the time being as did a Republican bill that attempted to sever aid for Israel from aid for Ukraine. Meanwhile, the Senate bill that would have bundled together Israel aid, Ukraine aid, and border crackdown measures in a package negotiated between Republicans and Democrats continued to look doomed as the Senate Republicans backed away from it in fear of Donald Trump. Joe Biden went on TV looking very old and very tired to accurately pin the blame for the failure on the Republicans' fealty to Trump. The Biden appearance made page A15, and down at the bottom of the page, the Times tried to describe the situation in Washington in a story whose lead declares, quite bluntly, Republicans in Congress suffered a humiliating series of setbacks on Tuesday on critical elements of their agenda, turning the Capitol into a den of dysfunction that has left several major issues, including U.S. military aid to Ukraine and Israel, in limbo amid political feuding. Traditionally, the headline of a story would be where you distill it to an even sharper point, Here, however, what the Times came up with was a string of Republican setbacks leaves Washington in disarray. It's like watching someone try to force two magnets with matching poles together. The Times can almost write a headline saying Republicans are in disarray, but when they get to that last quarter inch, it just has to slip sideways. All of Washington is in disarray because Mike Johnson can't count votes. In other weird institutional Times news writing, on page A9, there's a foreign story from Nairobi which begins, a doomsday cult leader, whom the Kenyan authorities say ordered his congregants to starve themselves to death, was charged on Tuesday, along with 29 others, with the murder of 191 children. In a case that has drawn global attention and brought widespread scrutiny over religious freedoms in the East African nation. What is the point of going into voiceover mode after the perfectly clear news lead about 191 murdered children? In a case that has drawn global attention. Yeah, you are the global attention. Just write the story. On page A10, meanwhile, in response to the opaquely nonspecific announcement that King Charles III of England has some kind of cancer that is not prostate cancer, 
although they found it while he was getting his prostate worked on, the Times turned loose Gina Colada to fill a column running the entire length of the page with a game of 20 questions in which she asks various cancer specialists who know nothing about King Charles's condition to speculate about what sort of thing it might be. A great opportunity to read something in the newspaper and come away knowing less than you knew before. That is the news. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to Indignity to keep us going. And if all goes well, we will talk again tomorrow. Hello, this is your pal Joe McLeod, the producer of the Indignity Morning Podcast. Please check out FlamingHydra.com right now. FlamingHydra.com. F-L-A-M-I-N-G-H-Y-D-R-A.com. Do it! <laughs>